0: We as educators must must learn to infuse, right? It's not a standalone. It's not something that should be siloed and put to the side and only brought out uh, when, when people feel like it's necessary. Uh, African-American history is American history.
1: This is Wine, Women, and Revolution with your host, Heather Warburton. Hey, and welcome to Wine, Women, and Revolution. I'm your host, Heather Warburton, coming at you here on Create Your Future Productions. You can find us online at www.yourfuturecreator.com. Follow us on all the social medias and get us wherever you get your podcasts from. Tonight, I've got a really amazing panel, so I don't want to do too much introduction other than just to tell you we're going to be talking again about the Amistad curriculum and some of the really good successes we're having here in New Jersey and some of the challenges that we're having. But like I said, I don't want to give you too much intro because I've got three amazing people here tonight and I want to jump right in and let them introduce themselves first. Let's start with Mr. Gary Melton. Would you like to introduce yourself?
0: Yes, good evening. Thank you so much, Heather. Uh, my name is Gary Melton. I'm the Associate Director of the New Jersey Education Association's Executive Office. And part of my duties are, are well, really a, a holistic of my duties is racial, social, and economic justice. But I also do uh, governance for the uh, organization. And so I um, have been a, a part of uh, Amistad since its inception as a classroom teacher uh, and kind of carried that over and um, trying uh, to... Uh, Make sure that implementation is uh, being successful in the state of New Jersey. So, we have uh, really been um, um, driving uh, our members uh, along with the Amistad Commission uh, to make sure that this is being done appropriately and effectively through every school district in the state. All
1: right, who'd like to go next? I'll go next. How are you, Heather? I'm good. How are
2: you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm Dr. Stephanie James Harris. I am the executive director of the New Jersey Amistad Commission at the within but not of the Department of Education um, for the state of New Jersey. Um, and I'm excited to be able to be with you today. Um, I'm always excited to be able to talk about the Amistad law, um, implementation across the state, some of our uh, successes, and some of our challenges. I'll call them challenges, I won't call them failures, um, as we try to really move social justice issues, as well as um, make sure that there is an infusion of a variety of um, histories into our K through 12 curriculum for the state um, in the attempt to try to make sure that we can always make sure that our next generation of leaders are global thinkers and understand our collective contribution
3: to this world's
2: history. All
3: right, and last but not least, Hi, Heather. I'm Tamara Shura Owens. I'm a teacher at Leeds Avenue School. I teach first grade. I'm also the District Amhatino Coordinator, which stands for Amistad Holocaust Latino History. I am a, also attend the Amistad Summer Institute since uh, 2017 as an educator and as an NJA member, also helping to bring the instruction onto the level into the classroom, especially hitting it uh, kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, and fifth grade. We wanna make sure that we are starting um, as early as possible and um, following what the uh, mandate states. And on top of that, the importance of uh, training, professional development, the importance of the Amistad Summer Institute and the impact that plays uh, with teachers providing the instruction of Amistad implementation
1: in the classroom. All right. Clearly, you can see we've got a good expert panel here tonight that they should have lots of great information for us. So let's start with the first, the basic question. Anyone can jump in on this of what is the Amistad curriculum and the Amistad commission?
2: I'll answer that question as to what the the Amistad uh, law is. Um, And then I'm probably going to take... uh, a kind of a step back because I think we are using the term "on the curriculum," and I just want to make some clarifications. I think would be helpful for your audience as well as for those that um, might be um, thinking that is it is something that is packaged that is able to be sort of thrown into a school district, so that they're looking for something, um, you know, that is a specific curriculum in the way that I think most particular people think about curriculum development or a packaged curriculum that you. So we, in the state of New Jersey in 2002, uh, we became actually the first state to actually look at how the teaching of African american history is done. Um, and the law was actually uh, crafted by Simon William Payne and his, actually his nephew, who was also in the, currently in the Assembly at the time with him, uh, Craig Stanley, who both said that in their um, formative years, in their educational years, they always felt that their the stories about African-American people were always really segwayed and never handled sort of um, in a way that fully infused it or made them feel that they had a contribution to history, always what they thought they would learn outside of the classroom, but never a part of the history books or the textbooks or the, or the conversation. And William Payne tells a wonderful story about um, how in, in in his schooling, all the only person he ever Every felt like he ever heard himself or when people thought they'd heard about children that looked like him was when they read the book Little Black Sambo. And he said how it was an insult for him that they felt that that was the only narrative in which he had any contribution. Um, And so the Amistad law was drafted to make sure that uh, within the content area of social studies, and it's very important that we do understand this because it is not something that is segued to actually creating a separate african-american history course um, that is of course a prescriptive remedy that can be done as an ancillary but it cannot be the way in which we are attempting to do this as a state because even that's messaging says that this history is something separate and outside of the way we are teaching the rest of our students so the content area of social studies and all areas applicable which is i think very important um, that miss um evans is going to talk about is not just one content area but if you're really going to talk about a full infusion um, of a collective people's history and their arts and their you know writings and their scholarship and all of those you know scientific inventions, it's got to be across the board um would be done in a way that would you know kind of make school districts have to reassess and um sort of redesign their teaching strategies but also their content. And so the law has been on the books now since 2002. Um I think one of the challenges that is 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 that the people think it's a prescriptive kind of curriculum. They think it is something that you can just kind of purchase and buy or you know borrow and drop. It is something much, bro- much broader than that. Um, and I think that has been one of our challenges which is why I think it has been so important for these kind of partnerships, especially with um, the teachers' unions, that, you know, because we understand that in order for this to be done right, it is going to have to require that teachers expand their content base, ex- expand their um, ability to understand both the facts, but also where it, it's in, um, understand, you know, and kind of have a collective buy-in, even on the importance of doing the work, right, because this is hard work. Right? This, is, this is hard work. And also understanding that all of these narratives are not negative. We do not always have to talk about these kind of inclusions from a period of dread, as if we're only going to tell these horrific stories. Um, you know, this is a reality of, of where we have been, it, it runs the gamut, but we need to get teachers very comfortable with being able to teach it. And so, um, because it's not gonna be a prescriptive curriculum, They've got to be very comfortable in being able to learn it, to know how to teach it and to understand that this is going to require a redesign of how we do curriculum across this nation. And we're going to start with New Jersey, because right now, New Jersey is the first state in the nation for the law, the only state in the nation with an office and the only state in the nation with these kinds of partnerships to really see that this work kind of moves.
1: I think now it would be a good time to throw to either someone from the union or an educator themselves to talk about a little bit how it's applying, what they're seeing in their either in the classroom or in their union.
0: And so um, speaking from the New Jersey Education Association's uh, um, a view of this, and, and we are definitely uh, in sync with uh, Dr. Harris and what she is saying, that we as educators must be must learn to infuse right it's not a standalone it's not something that should be siloed and put to the side and only brought out uh when when people feel like it's necessary uh african american history is american history and as long as we have that view um we can begin to show our educators uh that especially in this time of social justice uh which has always been here but now is being magnified just by Events that are happening in society—that this is a must. Uh, this is legacy work. This is work that it, that that exactly uh, as uh, Dr. Harris said. This is hard work. This is legacy work. This is work that is going to make our nation uh, and and you know we think broadly. We think New Jersey, but even more broadly, our nation to become more inclusive, to to become more uh, empathetic, to become. Uh, really uh, um, uh, uh, something where we don't see each other as as uh, um, as as combatants all the time, but we see each other as recognizing that we all have a story, and one person's story is their story, and if something is not being taught that is inclusive in education, then what you're really doing is is that you're harming the movement and not helping the movement. And so it's very important for us as a a union, a union of uh, educators, uh, of of teachers, of ESP members, of nurses, of guidance counselors, that, that we all are on the same page in recognizing the fact that there has been a group of people that have been traditionally disenfranchised and but yet have achieved through that disenfranchisement to a certain level and that equity must be uh, always at hand when we are uh, talking about educating our students of today.
1: And when I was looking for an example of a really good school and that it integrated it really well and was really a shining example for the rest of New Jersey, I was told I had to talk about Pleasantville School. And so <laughs> I would like to really hear a little bit now about kind of the philosophy at Pleasantville School and the successes you guys have had and why it's really working there.
2: Well, all, I'm going to let her speak. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to say this, Heather. I've got to say this. I know that Miss LaShaw Evans is going to talk about the uh, why it is working in regards of the work that she's doing. But I need to step back and make sure that people understand why it is working is because of teachers like her. So I just need to say that before we go any further. It, she's going to talk about the work. But what this requires is the heart of teachers like her to make this happen. So, as she tells you what she's done, I, I want to make sure everybody understands it's her.
3: She is the ingredient for why it's working. So, I love Thank you, you Dr. I Harris. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Harris. And, and Heather, honestly, um, it does take, it's a team. Uh, the training, again, uh, from Amistad Summer Institute every year is key in regards to helping um, develop the, the idea, the creativity um, that has to come when putting together um, curriculum and that's going to be engaging, interesting, that's going to um, help not only motivate students, but also teachers. Then you have um, the NJA union uh, that helps to give the resources, uh, the voice, um the materials the the platform um where you can talk and dialogue and get the information that's needed and so yes putting all those elements together is what helps to put together what i'm able to do so then that is where um putting together the curriculum as i we call it in pleasantville because it it has to be something that is Tangible. It has to be something that, starting at the kindergarten level, students can understand, and it has to fit into what social studies is. Yes, we integrate it into language arts, into writing, um, into our our sciences, um, and things like that. But before you get there, you have to take the first step, and the first step is looking at the social studies uh, curriculum, looking at the topics that are uh, part of social studies, for example, citizenship. And how do you fit Black Lives Matter? How do you fit peaceful protests? How do you fit those things? Where does it go? Um, and for example, you have Thanksgiving coming up next week. What are we talking about with Thanksgiving? Are we going to, we are introducing also the National Day of Mourning because we understand that Amistad, it also includes Native American history. And so when we're looking at that and we begin that you know from the beginning we're looking at the fact of history on all perspectives we need to have that native american perspective the latino perspective the african-american perspective so we're engaging topics like citizenship and talking about and and teaching about the late congressman john lewis we are including peaceful protests and what that is and showing students um, what that looks like today. What is Black Lives Matter? And that that is a part of citizenship. That is a part of their rights and their bill of rights. And so, you know, when we're getting into this, you now have an engagement of students that are interested in topics because it's, it's, it's understandable, it's relatable, it's current. It is something that they hear themselves talking about at home with family, with mom, with dad, it's going, it's, it's happening in the community, and now here it is in school. And what's also great about this time of the year is that parents are home too. So I've been able to ask students go and ask um mom, dad, grandma, what is a peaceful protest? What what's going on? What does that mean? And they're we're able to have a conversation of so social studies. But now we're including now. The, the engagement of talking about it. Now we can include the engagement of writing about it and, and really getting out the ideas um, of the students and really having them connect to their community. So also, so when you're looking at uh, Pleasantville and you go online and you see um, the AMHATINO link, again, that stands for Amistad Holocaust Latino History. We have chapters for each grade level for kindergarten through fifth grade and we have chapters in those chapters are um samples of um infused curriculum so when we're dealing with the topics like i'm just talking about you will see the late congressman john lewis you will see black lives matter protest pictures and police hugging protesters and children protest. you will see all of this in the chapters and that is what it's about It's actually providing a visual of what a elementary social studies textbook can look like when you're including everyone's perspective around that topic. It helps to give that uh, the, the background, uh, gives the, um, the, the template, okay? It's a starting point. And so this way we're able to build upon that. And then from there, we're integrating that into our, um, into our other subject areas. And that is where it starts.
1: And did you guys start integrating it right away? When did Pleasantville really get in into the meat of diving into
3: implementing this? The, uh, we took it step, uh, first step by step. And we did begin in the 2017, 2018 school year with just Amistad, just Amistad um, and, and and just, you know, really wrapping um, around Amistad and social studies. And so it was taking that one step at a time That started with the first grade um, at Leeds Avenue School. And then the following year um, is when uh, I I took the initiative to talk to administration to try um, it at Leeds Avenue School as this, you know, school-wide. And so from Amistad, we then took it school-wide Amistad, focusing then social studies and integrating it into language arts. When we're talking about language arts, we're talking about the fact that you can um, include it into like retelling key details of, of the chapter, describing and making connections uh, between individuals, events, ideas, research, the recalling of information, again, writing, informational informa- informational text, that kind of thing, speaking and listening. These are all the skills that we add into uh, and, and that we're talking about when we're dealing with language arts. So from there, uh the following year we then added um holocaust education and that of course includes our empathy our tolerance things like that following year was then uh latino history and that's where we are so this way we took it component by component beginning with amistad so when we started with amistad in the following year was then amistad and then holocaust and amistad holocaust latino history and we continue moving it that way so right now we are on district wide K through five and that is why the curriculum is on the website and we do have professional development we've had our third professional development district-wide for K through five elementary teachers and instructional aides and both Dr. Stephanie James Harris uh, Mr. Gary Melton along with the Hispanic Association of Atlantic County even um the um our Executive County Superintendent Mr. Bumpus has been on the professional developments that have been held virtually, um, introducing each chapter. And I, we get feedback from the teachers in regards to that to continue developing the curriculum.
1: It, yeah, it really sounds like you're building each year on the progress you've made the last year and really developing a great plan.
2: And I think Heather, it's important to understand that even what she's really developing, because the way New Jersey is set up, and you know, and I know a lot of people don't maybe not understand or see the mechanics of how it necessarily works. But New Jersey school districts in in themselves sort of have are on an island. They have the ability um, to kind of figure out specifically for themselves particular curriculum maps or particular curriculum inclusions um, as long as they get to the end goal, which of course is the standards, the content standards that are set by the state. So there's a lot of autonomy that districts have to be able to do this level of work. What's very interesting about the Amistad law, it's it's one of the only laws on the books for the state of New Jersey in regards of curriculum development that is very specific about what they want to see for inclusions. So a lot of this and a lot of the challenges have come in that the law seems simplistic, but because of the structure of New Jersey, um, it requires that each particular district um, has to do this work sort of with the same kind of veracity that pleasantville is doing because we can give them examples but that would mean that the state would give them or my office would actually redo their curriculum up. that doesn't happen right it's just not even possible so these districts have got to take the responsibility to be able to take it on i can of course of course provide whatever resources whatever instruction whatever suggestions whatever help um we have created model curriculum that is online with every teacher and district is able to access even pre-service college programs so that teachers entering the field can understand what the model curriculum looks like. But what we understand is that a lot of the districts are utilizing the textbooks and the resources that have already been purchased. So our job in the comms, which is what um, Ms. LaShore Evans is talking about, is building the meat onto those resources so that they can give a much broader narrative so if you have a textbook that is being used or resources that the district has where who is missing from that story and so when you think about who's missing from that story then it gives an opportunity for you to go back and have to do the kind of very specific and intentional work that Ms. LaShore Evans is doing right where you can actually say um you know and we you know we got a broad standard that said students will be on. Understand, you know the contributions of you know a number of people to you know colonial America, etc. We have a book that might we might generally use for those things. but now we now have to go back and say but we haven't told that on the perspective of the native peoples that lived here in this community and if that is also a standard for third grade, then we want them to understand what the living life has been like, who they were, how they thought you know, their ideas, what that could shift in regard to even a a different thought for the students. We have these ideas that like um, that history or even the translations that we tell them are um, objective. Nothing is objective. Everything is subjective to the contributions and and what we bring to that, right? And so all of a sudden things that we have kids believing are plastic and, you know, are just a given, we're opening them up for them to understand that's the given maybe from that perspective. This is the given from the other perspective. This is the given, and it makes it, it makes it messy, but it makes it real, right? It's 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 not, those. these are the, the intangibles that we can't sometimes teach at the end of a week with a nice little bow, but that's the real magic of teaching. It's just going to require some work.
1: Right. It seems like it's going to require every district have those passionate educators like Pleasantville has. And, you know, even one educator really just putting fighting for it and get you know, getting other people on board seems like the way that we get every district in the state to where Pleasantville is.
3: Yeah. So, and that's
0: why we're, go ahead, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, That's why we're really uh, um, excited about partnering with the uh, Amistad Commission. And ensuring that we uh let our educators know the importance of this of this wonderful law that was created. Um uh and a- as most people know, we have uh um decided, uh, the executive committee of the NJA decided to give a seventy-five thousand dollar uh um, stipend, so to speak, to the Amistad Commission for a journey. Um when our hopes are when uh, COVID breaks that we'll be able to travel to those places. Uh, 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 to uh, uh, James, uh, Bur- Jamestown and, and travel to Africa and do all these wonderful things that will get educators excited about this uh, curriculum that many grew up not knowing about it at all. You know, not having a course, not not understanding uh, the contributions of people who were not a part of what was perceived as a majority. And so, you know, we're so, so excited about partnering uh, with the Amistad Commission and getting the work done in our state.
1: Yeah, and the NJEA has some amazing educators. I know so many educators uh, in New Jersey, and every one of them seems to be more awesome than the last. Like, there's some really great educators here in the state. Um, And we've got a Running a little short of time, but there was one thing I did want to bring up now is kind of in the past, I guess, probably only about a year or so, we've seen the 1619 Project pop up. And it was a project of the New York Times, uh, sort of to reframe history narrative centering the effects of slavery. Got a Pulitzer Prize. And even out here in like rural South Jersey, I'm seeing like 16, 19 reading groups pop up. So I wondered kind of how that's affecting the implementation of the Amistad curriculum in New Jersey. Does it help? Is it pulling resources away? I don't think there's
2: a, I don't, I mean, I don't think there's a, definitive amount of resources that you could ever feel like it's pulling it away i think it's actually a very good example of what the amistad law is supposed to do like it's like it's like a a, a national example of what the amistad law is supposed to be, do it is supposed to be a space where we can all look to our collective conversation or our collective contribution to any particular historical moment right and i think the real um, the thing that is pulling most people into the narrative about 1619 is, is that, you know, this, the, what is being brought forth is not fictitious. It is a part of our American story. However, most people, before really thinking about the 400 year commemoration for the arrival of those 23 into the Jamestown settlement, and then their enslavement and the laws that formulated around them, most people just kind of thought of it as a given. Um, And that given did not really come into play with how perhaps from their perspective, this this American history has unfolded, what it has meant um, in regards to, you know, looking at how infrastructure has been developed. Or, um, or how enslavement laws have developed or whether or not you know the, the spirit and fervor of the freedoms and democracy also flowed through those individuals as well and what it meant to be a part of that period of history and growing this nation in the same time period of being left out of it and then being included back into it. And so it's given, I think, another touch point for people to reexamine our history from multiple perspectives, and I think that's the real crutch of why people have become so interested in in really delving into that work. Because if you look at um, you know our American history through that lens, it does look different. But it should. Right? It, it looks different through the lens of women. Right? It looks it looks different through the lens of a lot of marginalized groups it doesn't make it wrong it doesn't detract away from someone else's perspective it shouldn't threaten anyone to be able to say that we might have different opinions of the same event it should allow us to enhance it um, and so although i know it's coming after you know it's either being um, you know pushed forward as a wonderful you know way looking at American history or it's being attacked as, you know, it's trying to revisit or, you know, to um, do a revisionist or to to, um, to say something negative about American democracy. I think it's doing nothing more than really just giving us an opportunity to just look at history from a different perspective and, and to re-examine it. That's all we're doing. That's all it's doing. But with this 400-year, you know, commemoration that that happened last year, it has given I guess a lot of of African American peoples a point of pride to be able to see how far we have come um, from being brought to these to through these lands not voluntarily as enslaved people, and so I think that for us the sixteen nineteen project is giving um, us a window. Um, to, be, to stop and be reflected, and for others to stop and be reflective, to our contribution to American history
1: as well. Yeah, I think that's great. And the last thing I wanted to talk about is the impact that all this must be, the positive impacts this must be having on students. And you talked about that pride. I imagine that pride's being instilled into students from a really young age. So that's something I'd kind of like to close out the show talking about.
2: I mean, I would just say this, and I'll, I'll leave it to Tamar because I know she's with the kids every day. I think it's, it's, it's not only a point of pride, but I think for them, it gives them a sense of that, that for all students, that they're going to be able to look around the room and they're going to understand that just like this room, you know, might be reflective of, you know, a, a multitude of races, our American story is too. And, um and the you know the underlying message is 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 that this isn't a course right I, you know I, I say this to my teachers all the time is that when I took this job and I've been the executive director now for 14 plus years and when I took the job I had children that were in early elementary school that are now college students and and I used to say all the time that uh, and I'm I'm a, a college professor I've taught college for 14 years, you know, on top of everything else, because I'm really a history geek and I love being able to give it to students directly. So I teach college courses. And I always say that I want my students to not look so um, surprised as 20 year olds about something that I am just talking about sometimes even politically that I recognize that they have never, ever been exposed to. When I get to the place where everyone in my classroom nods their head and says, "Of course," then I know we've gotten there, right? I want them to be the "of course" generation. That's our goal, right? We want them to be in that space where everything this is this is not unknown history. This is not unknown territory. This is not something that you know it becomes just as commonplace as everybody understanding that Thomas Jefferson and George Washington were our presidents, right? This is not so they know who George Washington Carver is is, is much, right? We got to get there. Um, and it sometimes saddens me that I'm still saying that. And I now have college students. And when I started this job, I had elementary school students. So And that means we've gone an entire span of children's K-12 curriculum trying to still get this right. We can't afford for four or five more generations to not get to college and say, of course, we can't. And so we're depending on teachers like like Ms. Lashore Owens to make sure it gets done correctly. they can really be the, of course, generation. Because for, for a lot of us, we weren't. For a lot of the teachers that are now teaching as kids, we would have loved to have the experience, but that's not who we were. So teachers are dedicated to doing this work because they took this profession for that reason. Um, and so we just got to give them the resources to do it
3: that is so eloquently said um, all I'm adding to that is the fact that um, this is what motivates me um, this is what gets me to want to run you know another thousand miles and when I do that that is also what we I bring to the classroom and so students uh, you know are that engaged and that excited and learning Um, And when that happens, I mean, all all I keep saying is the fact that already looking at K through five, I mean, when they hit middle school, look how much they're going to know. Wow. Look how much they're going to ask and be ready to go and, and, and feel so included and part of and can make a difference and want to be the next, you know, environmental engineers and historians and wherever they want to go because they have You know, they're they're excited, they've learned so much, and they feel as though they are and can be the next contributors, you know, um, to society. So that is what kindergarten and first grade students already are bringing, that inquisitive learning, that questioning, you know, talking about it. Um, And and their faces, you know, are so lit up. You know, you can tell when they're interested and they get closer to the zoom camera, you can see their faces bigger and that's what it's about. So when you know teaching the curriculum is really um, giving the story and everyone feels they are part of. And so that is what is making this a success.
1: Yeah, this whole thing seems to be about so many connections, how the unions supporting the teachers who are, you know, giving this information to the students. It really is a whole, takes the whole state connecting to do this, doesn't it?
2: It really does. I mean, that's that's the synergy that that is needed for any kind of statewide overhaul of social studies, right? Especially in a state when it is not an edict from on high. I mean, we created the system for New Jersey so that each district would have some autonomy, but if you are going to have autonomy, but at the same time, um, uh, try to move everybody down the road together, then the only way to do it is to collectively create the partnerships and the bridge so that it can happen together. If not, we'll have pockets all up and down the state um, better, which we do, which are doing it differently, which are doing it at different pace, which are looking at it differently, which are invoking different strategies. And never, that's never a bad thing, as long as we're all gonna get to the same end goal. Um, these partnerships are is what is needed to at least make sure that we're having cohesive conversations and
3: we can share the resources that are needed.
0: Yeah, and, then, no, I, and then, I think-
3: Oh, I'm, but let me just say this, Ms. Melton, when Gary Melton and Dr. Stephanie James Harris are on the professional developments with teachers. It is dropped, it, it, they have everyone's attention. That is what motivates staff. They're like, you're listening to them now, that is what motivates staff. They are engaged. I mean, we're they're just like, who's gonna be on? Oh, I will be on that professional development. Oh, uh, we're having Miss Melton will be on, Dr. Stephanie James Harris, okay, yes. I want to hear what they have to say. The minute they say, you know, doing a great job or whatever they have to say, listen, everyone in Pleasantville is ready to go for it. And that is honestly how important the partnerships are to staff. I'm sorry, Mr. Melton, please go ahead.
0: No, thank thank you so much, Ms. Lushar Owens I, I, and Dr. Harris. Look, let me tell you, it, it's so encouraging uh, just sitting here and realizing from whence we came and to where we are now and, and feeling like we're really about to uh, uh, go over that mountain and really get the ball rolling on uh, ensuring that uh, black history is infused uh, within our history here in this state. And uh, as I keep saying, um, I have bigger sights. right? I, this could be a nationwide initiative that New Jersey has started. And um, it is so very important for us as a union to ensure that we are preparing our educators to move forward in this process. And and that sometimes, and, and as you know, we have over 200,000 members and getting to every single uh, local uh, um, and to ensure that every single local knows the importance of having an inclusionary uh, curriculum is so important. And, and let me tell you this, when I look at the numbers of the conferences that we have now, and the numbers of people who are asking for information, not only dealing with racial, social, and economic justice, but dealing with, in particular, the Amistad curriculum. Uh, Ms. LaShore Owens, uh, Dr. Harris have done uh, workshops uh, within the NJEA convention, workshops within the conferences that we have. And I'm telling you, they're booked up every single time because people want to do what's right. And I just have a belief uh, in the work that I'm doing that eventually it all comes together. And as long as we keep pressing and pushing and letting folks know that this isn't going anywhere, we're not going away, that this work is important and it really can change the life of all students, not just our Black, Indigenous, and people of color, but all students can be changed in this and we all can be the America that all of us want to see. So I'm just so excited um, uh, to be on this call and to listen to these uh, 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 strong educators uh, speak with passion about the importance of this work. Well,
1: Thank you all for being here tonight. It's been an, aw- an amazing conversation. I'm honored to have all of you here being so passionate and so dedicated to this work. It's really great to have you all here.
0: Thank you for having me.
3: Thank
2: you. Yeah, thank you. We thank you for for giving us the platform. I know this is sometimes not um, this is not the fun stuff. This is not the stuff that people want to talk about. It is the necessary stuff. So I appreciate the platform and being able to spend some time with you guys today.
1: To my listeners, thank you so much for joining us here. This is what we're here for. We're here to be a voice for these ideas that need to be heard. They're begging out, like, please get these ideas out to people. That's what we're here for at Create Your Future Productions. We're here for activists. We're here for people that are trying to change the world. And we appreciate you so much. And we wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. And we just did set up our Patreon and our PayPal if you want to help donate and keep keep me on the air. This is literally just me in my office here. That's what we have right so so far at Create Your Future Productions. And I appreciate you for joining me. The future is yours to create. Go out there and create it.